Sports Dan the D, John on here with you for the September 29th show of 2017. On today's show, there's going to be quite a few things. We're going to try to break it down into a few aspects here. We're going to start with the NCAA basketball violations and how some of that controversy has even stemmed into comments from Urban Meyer and from Ohio State on the football side. So we'll get into those comments and we'll break down some of the stuff that's been going on with the NCAA basketball violations. As far as the NFL Unity program, the stuff that you've seen last week, especially on that, I have some comments in regards to the NFL Unity aspect of it and why I think that they're doing it wrong. And then when we end the show here, we'll talk about Russell Westbrook on his new deal to be the highest paid player on the NBA and on Kevin Durant's birthday. I'll let you know why that's no surprise and what's going to stem from that. So let's start today's show with Urban Meyer's comments on the NCAA football aspect and the stuff that's been going on with the ongoing investigations. So if you hadn't already been made aware of it, uh, Rick Pitino from Louisville has been fired, and some of those allegations of the underbelly of what's been going on in NCAA college basketball as far as you know, paying players, shoe deals, uh, secret contracts with other shoe companies like Adidas and Nike and you know, bosses, so to speak, sleeping with those companies in order to get more money into the NCAA. I've always said that it's always about money as far as anything goes into sports, and I think a lot of us can always believe in that. But let's talk about Urban Meyer and some of his comments. So keep in mind that this article here is from the Columbus Dispatch from Bill Rabinowitz. So take that for what you, for what you will. So Ohio State coach Urban Meyer addressed the burgeoning college basketball scandal in his Wednesday night session with reporters, but he went into much great, greater detail on the radio show. So there was, here's was his quote. I've always been a big proponent of the NCAA, but it's been very frustrating to see these things happen. Some of them are a very serious nature, and it just disappears because they don't have subpoena power. You hear the tomb term toothless. It's certainly not because of the effort, because we are very good we have very good people there. I believe if you willfully and intentionally broke the rule or you lie to the NCAA, you can never coach again. To this day I still believe that. I'm not talking about the mistakes made when you have a rule book that's this thick, but if you intentionally pay a guy money or willfully have a second cell phone to make illegal phone calls, you're done. You can never coach again. And then he says, it goes on to say, it's no different from than a student athlete. If a student athlete lies to the NCAA, they're finished. So you're telling me a 50-year-old man has more rights than an 18-year-old student athlete? Who comes up with that? If you intentionally lie about committing violations, your career is over. You're not suspended for just only two games. Some of the silly penalties that you've had in the NCAA. You can't recruit for a week or a half or something like that. You should be finished. This will clean up some of the things. So, those are strong words from Ohio State head football coach Urban Meyer, but I want to talk about an article in particular that dates back to 2012 from Matt Hayes when Urban Meyer was in the SEC, titled From Champs to Chomped, How Urban Meyer Broke Florida Football. <laughs> so, I'm not going to go through this whole thing here, but I want to give you my food for thought, facebook.com slash Gunsinger. Twitter at John Ryan Ott. 
So Matt Hayes goes on to say in his article from 2012 that the uproar and controversy of Urban Meyer's stunning recruiting coup at the Ohio State settled in and Stefan Stefan Diggs, still on the Buckeyes' wish list, was debating his future. So it goes on to say some of the stuff with Stefan Diggs and the things in the locker room, character issues that we now know were fueled by a culture Urban Meyer created, character issues that gutted what was four years earlier the most powerful program in college football. It was Urban Meyer who declared the Florida program broken at the last regular season game in Gainesville in November of 2012, but why was it broken? Then he goes on to say that Florida's biggest success and the allegations and everything else that have gone about Florida being a power program came to the you know, forefront when Urban Meyer was there. Multiple players and others close to the program said the timing of his departure was also tied to the roster he left behind. Remember, it was Meyer who hunted the program that won 13 games in 2006, 08, and 09, lost only 10 games from 2005 to 2009, was flawed beyond the unsuspecting eye. Now these issues have surfaced for all to see left in the wake of Meyer's uh, resignation were problems that can destroy a coaching career, drug use among players, a philosophy of preferential treatment for certain players, a sense of entitlement among all players, and roster management by scholarship manipulation. So there's a couple other things here. Ironically, Florida's downfall began at the height of Meyer's success. Talking about a trust circle where Meyer or Urban Meyer was able to, you know, talk and negotiate with other players and give them certain rights and things like that. When he said he never heard of a circle of trust, uh, former players said it was different. The uh, strength and conditioning. Let's see from Percy Harvin, when confronted by strength and conditioning, coaches Harvin, who failed to return calls and texts to his cell phone to comment on the story, says this, this expletive ends now. A few other things here. Uh, remember Aaron Hernandez was also in the Florida program before he went to the New England Patriots. I thought that this was kind of interesting. Uh, even as the unprecedented success of Florida continued, a mounting number of players were dragged dragging the Gators' name down a path of drugs and destruction. At least 30 players were arrested in Meyer's six seasons. Instances of substance abuse were often linked to his most prized athletes, and NFL teams took notice. Hernandez admitted to failing a drug test at Florida, a problem that cut his draft stock from first-round grade to fourth-round selection by the New England Patriots. Harvin, according to multiple reports, failed a drug test at the NFL scouting combine and slipped from a top-ten pick to the latter half of the first round. Spikes and sources said failed a drug test at Florida, was suspended four games during his rookie season with the Patriots for using performance-enhancing drugs. Offensive lineman Maurice Hurt, according to multiple reports, last year tested positive for marijuana at the Combine. He fell to the Washington Redskins in the seventh round and later developed into a starting guard in his rookie season. Just how prevalent was the drug use among Myers players? A source told Sporting News that Patriots coach Bill Belichick spoke to the current Florida team in the offseason and addressed the issue and how it impacts NFL careers. And Bill Belichick went on to say that he wanted those guys to not be like those guys in college. So there's a few other things in here. We don't need to go into all of it. But my point of going into the comments that he made into the Columbus Dispatch of having guys that lie in the NCAA should be ultimately completely finished. But yet when you look at it from a double standard in the sense of 
Tim Tebow, the calling and recruit stuff that went on during that time, all of the players with the drug use and certain preferential treatment and everything else that had gone on, it certainly seems like a double standard. And the fact that when you had Urban Meyer rest guys for quote-unquote injuries when they were ultimately suspended more for the drug use and the other things that had gone on, it certainly seems like a real convenience for Urban Meyer to go ahead and leave that Florida program at the time to move to Ohio State because he didn't want to get caught with other sanctions. But yet when the shoe's on the other foot, a football coach goes and talks about some of the stuff that's been going on in the college basketball saying that should be cleaned up. I thought that that was a little bit hypocritical in that aspect. But what do you think of it? Facebook.com slash TBU Gunslinger, Twitter at John Reinott. Now, I want to talk about one of the things of what actually is going on in the basketball aspect of it. As you mentioned, that Rick Pitino was uh, let go, and they brought in Padgett as the interim basketball coach. This is from SB Nation, and this is dated as of yesterday at 5.20 p.m. by Jason Kirk and Ricky O'Donnell. So this just goes hit some bullet points. I want the investigators. So the FBI is investigating the NCAA, the actual government entity that, unlike the NCAA, is capable of complete and detailed investigations using subpoenas and all. During a September 26 briefing, FBI Assistant Director Bill Sweeney and Acting U.S. Attorney June H. Kim said that the investigation continues, meaning more names will join the list. The NCA involved, the college sports governing body was surprised to learn about all this as you were, but it's safe to say the NCA sanctions will eventually follow in the FBI's wake. And then it says, goes to list bullet points of who's involved. Arizona assistant coach Emmanuel Richardson. Richardson allegedly agreed bribes from runner Christian Dawkins and financial advisor Minsa Sud for stirring Arizona players to work with them as professionals. Dawkins, then as an agent, was also seen at Arizona practices, which is an NCAA violation in itself. Richardson has been an assistant under Sean Miller since his Xavier days in 2007, coming over from Arizona in 2009. He has been arrested on fraud and corruption charges. Arizona suspended Richardson and relieved him of all of his duties. Auburn associate head coach Chuck Person, a former Indiana Pacer, Person allegedly agreed to take 50000 in bribes from Sean Michelle to punish prominent college athletes to work with him as the owner of Atlanta-based clothing company. As a 13-year NBA veteran, Person is the most prominent name in the support. He's been arrested and suspended without pay. If you guys might know, ESPN former employee and Auburn head coach Bruce Pearl not named in the complaints, but has a long history with the NCAA. Most notably, Pearl has been given a three-year show-cause penalty for lying to the NCAA about hosting recruit Aaron Kraft at a barbecue in 2008. Pearl hired Person in 2014. Oklahoma State assistant coach Lamont Evans. Uh, Evans allegedly accepted $22,000 in bribes to steer athletes at South Carolina, then Oklahoma State, to become clients of Dawkins and Sood. He coached at South Carolina for four seasons before leaving in 2016 to join Brad Underwood's staff at Oklahoma State. He was suspended with pay by the university on Tuesday. Oklahoma State went on to fire him on Thursday. A few more here for you. USC assistant coach Tony Bland. Bland allegedly took 13000 in bribes from Dawkins and Sood. He also allegedly had Dawkins and Sood pay 9000 to the families of two athletes at USC, he was placed on immediate administrative leave by the University of South Carolina Gamecocks 
University 2, Evans former employer, Louisville Cardinals, University 6. The FBI is alleging that the school agreed to pay a recruit $100,000 that was paid through Adidas and was also discussed the payment to another future recruit to secure his commitment. The, re the current recruit in question appears to be a McDonald's All-American shooting guard, Brian Bowen. The school is already on probation with the NCAA for an escort scandal in 2015. And... The big one as of now, Louisville head coach Rick Pitino. Louisville placed Pitino on administrative leave on Wednesday. He was effectively fired, according to his lawyer. Not named in the complaints, but no stranger to the NCAA scandals. Pitino was already suspended for the first five games of ACC play in his role for Louisville's escort scandal. If you like irony, here's what Pitino said when Bowen committed in June. We've got lucky in this one, Pitino told Tony Myers of News Radio 840. I had an AAU director call me and ask me if I'd be interested in a player named Bowen. I saw him against another great player from Indiana. I said, yeah, I'd be really interested. They had, they had to come in unofficially, pay for the hotel, pay for their meals. We spent zero dollars recruiting a five-star athlete who I loved when I saw him play in my 40 years of coaching. This is the luckiest I have been. So there's a few other uh, names in this report. If you want to re read it from SB Nation, it is titled... Meet the 18 Key Figures in the FBI's College Basketball Corruption Probe for Now by Jason Kirk and Ricky O'Donnell, if you want to get some more information on that. So, I just want to mention a couple things. Everybody already knows about the allegations and things that were going on with college basketball, like I mentioned before with the shoe companies and so-called other management, other positions in schools all trying to make money. That, that goes on a lot. What I have a problem with not just Urban Meyer making those comments, but with Rick Pitino and some of these other guys, that this was allowed to go on for a long time. And what the NCAA chose to do about it was effectively nothing. Just a slap on the wrist. And, you know, sometimes this stems from football as well, also into the college basketball. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me, but if I'm an 18-year-old, 17, 18-year-old athlete, I can look at it from this perspective and the fact that if I'm given money, given gold change, given other items, just paper bags of money and things like that, we've talked about stuff like that that's been seen before by some others locally or talking about the Fab Five and, you know, instances around here where you knew things like that went on. But when you have players that are getting involved with escort services and all of that, quite frankly, if you're a young teenager and... I guess, in a sense of me, if I was a uh, predominant college basketball athlete, I might not want to say anything about what's going on because I want to get all of the free opportunity, and I also want to get involved with girls, <laughs> which would, wouldn't surprise me for a lot of these athletes, and I would also probably want to keep my mouth shut in terms of having a higher draft pick and getting all of the formalities and everything else offered to me because I want better opportunities. So I'm not going to go ahead and blame a lot of these college athletes for taking the opportunities that are presented in front of them. There was a uh, article that I read just uh, about 20 minutes ago in the Indianapolis Star talking about LeBron James when he was a high school athlete going there and trying to get recruited, that he had gold chains 
and other things like that brought to him already when he checked in the hotel room. And he, he called it a, quote, gift from God. So stuff like this happens all the time. But my issue with it is when you have these coaches that are going there and you have the NCAA going in there and not really ultimately doing a whole hell of a lot about it, that's the issue that you have with it of all these coaches and everything else that goes on. You can't necessarily blame the players. And I'm not saying that's exactly what everything that's going on. But the NCAA has a lot of problems to be able to go ahead and deal with. And for the FBI to go in there to break in this and finally probably get Rick Pitino out of the situation that he was in in Louisville when it's you know basically been about 20 years when he knew all this stuff was going on, it's a big damn deal. And now the NCAA, whether a lot of us had already talked a little before, whether you would just ultimately want them to be disbanded, they're going to look pretty shameful at the end of all of this by the time the FBI goes out and cleans house. So like we mentioned, if you want to read some more of these comments, I got uh, the Ohio State football stuff from Urban Meyer off of the Columbus Dispatch. I used an article from 2012 from Matt Hayes talking about from champs to chomps, some of the stuff that Urban Meyer had done when he was in the SEC, and now the FBI college basketball scandal. The one title, Meet the 18 Key Figures in the FBI's College Corruption Probe for Now, from Jason Kirk and Ricky O'Donnell on SB Nation. We come back in from the break. I want to talk about the NFL unity and anthem and why I think some of this stuff rubs me the wrong way. I'll try to get into Colin Kaepernick a little bit, maybe set some things straight. Going to have some interesting stuff to say about this one, so stick around in after the break. Appreciate it. Sports in the D, John on here with you. It is the final segment of the September 29th show of 2017. I want to get into the Russell Westbrook contract extension and what that might mean for us NBA fans or the hilarity that actually ensued after this happened. So we're going to talk about, uh, this is an article from, let's see, the Ringer podcast by Haley O'Shaughnessy. says, Russell Westbrook signs record extension to stay in Oklahoma City. The Thunder locked up the reigning MVP for the next six seasons. And it has a huge smile on his face from Mark D. Smith in the USA Today photo of Russ. So, a couple quotes here. Oklahoma City's favorite son is staying home. Per ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, Russell Westbrook sent a five-year, $205 million extension with the Thunder on Friday after a long anticipation filled of summer of waiting. The deal which was signed using the new designated player veteran extension, the richest in NBA history, kicks in after the upcoming 27-18 season that guarantees Westbrook an estimated $233 million in Oklahoma City fans for their point guard for the next six seasons. Now, here's the irony here, and I want to read this quote because I don't believe it. It is clear, unclear why Westbrook waited until late September to sign the extension, as the deal had reportedly been on the table since the 1st of July. When asked about the delay during the media day earlier this week, Westbrook said he was busy. Man, it's been a long, long summer, Westbrook said. I had a baby, so I've been working a little on fatherhood. But like I said before, man, this is the place I want to be. I love being here. I'm excited about the season. Now, here's the thing. Uh... We talk about Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City 
Kevin Durant, Oklahoma City, James Harden, Oklahoma City, and Serge Ibaka in Oklahoma City. And how good that team was and what we should have thought about, if you didn't already, think about years ago when the Miami Heat and the Oklahoma City Thunder matched up as the Heat and LeBron James won the first title of his career. And Dwayne Wade was able to walk away with that second Boschka in his first it was a big deal for LeBron James in order to get that first title. And on the other side of this, you have an incredible young core, a trifecta of James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. And what I thought about, especially going into 2017, and some of that stuff is going to change now, was the absolute mistake that a lot of NBA fans probably felt that Sam Presti made, and myself included, in picking Serge Ibaka over James Harden and effectively killing what was left of that super team because now that there seems to be a lot of them, especially in September 29, 2017 and beyond in the NBA, where that wasn't going to happen. That James Harden, you can say whether or not he was going to go ahead and blossom into his own, or he never knew he was going to turn into this, ultimately ends up going to Houston and making the biggest name for himself, being second in the MVP only to Russell Westbrook, that had averaged a triple-double for the first time for a whole season since the Big O. Now, in essence, what happened with Sam Presti was the Oklahoma City Thunder made moves, because Russell Westbrook had that one-year contract extension, they weren't sure what was going to happen with Russ. There was a lot of questions in terms of other media members asking and questioning Russell Westbrook's loyalty to the franchise. And in the end, he said, this is my number one option. Loyalty was something that I stood by. And after that one-year deal, fans were left to reminisce And now, but there, there's just no other questioning left after this six-year extension. And there's no other questioning that Sam Presti, in my opinion, after that colossal error that happened with James Harden and not picking him and taking Serge Ibaka, there's no question that Sam Presti went out and did everything else to try to appease Russell Westbrook's happiness to get him to sign this extension. I get that it's a lot of money, and I get that the Players Union also tried to get stuff extended to get more money out of it, but what Sam Presti ended up doing was trading Sabonis and another throwaway for Paul George, putting some more throwaways in there for Carmelo Anthony and essentially forming another big three. Whether or not you believe Carmelo Anthony's past his prime, that's going to be a certifiable power forward that you can throw in there with Steven Adams. And then when you have Westbrook, Roberson, and Paul George with Carmelo Anthony and Adams, in that lineup, essentially what you end up creating probably at worst, is a top-four team in the Western Conference. And you can never accuse Sam Presti, even though you might think he made some of the wrong moves at the time, you can never accuse of him not making the big play in order to try to get his players to sign and his players to stay. And Russell Westbrook did just that, and Sam Presti did right by Westbrook because he flipped Ennis Canner, Doug McDermott, Victor Oladipo, Demonis Sabonis, 
and a 2018 second round pick and turn them essentially into Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. That's really, really damn good on his part. And that's a tremendous amount of value. And what that ends up doing is not only does that get Russell Westbrook to stay, but that also creates more intrigue for fans like us of the NBA. Because you think about the San Antonio Spurs essentially getting Rudy Gay for a stick of gum, only a couple million of dollars there, also keeping Tony Parker, Mono Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, Rudy Gay, all that core, that stuff together. Now you add this Oklahoma City team. You add Chris Paul coming over from the Los Angeles Clippers to the Houston Rockets. You get LeBron essentially now getting Dwayne Wade, getting Isaiah Thomas, uh, getting Jay Crowder. You get the Boston Celtics moving over, getting Gordon Hayward from the offseason, getting that trade to get Kyrie Irving. That makes things a lot more interesting. And couple that with the Minnesota Timberwolves of all teams, being able to get Jimmy Butler, keeping Carl Anthony Towns, having Jeff Teague. This just makes things a lot more interesting. And essentially, you have about six or seven teams out there that kind of feel like all-star teams. And there's been a lot of player movement. There's been a lot of former all-stars, almost double-digit all-stars, that have moved just from the last season into new teams, making things a lot more interesting. And where I think there is no coincidence is having Russell Westbrook do one of two things, and both things, there's not a coincidence to me. Not only signing this contract, and I get that it's $233 million in total, and there's going to be a lot of guaranteed money in that, <clears throat> but in the sense of not only him having him sign this because Kevin Durant didn't prove his loyalty, but Kevin Durant decided, obviously, as we all know, go to Golden State, and ultimately that was a good decision for him because he went and won a championship, regardless of how he ended up doing. He's going to submit his legacy, whether everybody still likes that move or not. But in the essence, Russell Westbrook also did a one-upsmanship on Kevin Durant. That's also signing this $233 million deal on Katie's 29th birthday. <laughs> And I don't think that that's any kind of coincidence. That is something that I think was very calculated by Russ. And what I'm interested, interested to see is the first time that these two guys meet up again, Russell Westbrook's going to have some new friends in terms of Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. And I'm not saying that this team is going to take out the Golden State Warriors what I am saying, it's going to bring all these fans in in droves to watch that game, whether it be on ESPN or TNT. They're going to be tuned in to watch that game, and it's going to make for some interesting intrigue. And it's just wonderful to see. I know some of the old school guys, and you could probably include myself whether or not you think guys should stay, but ultimately, as Colin Cowherd talked about it on his radio show on FS1 and The Herd, that you need to embrace change because ultimately it's going to be a good thing. Look what it's done for the NBA. It's created a lot more ratings and it's created a lot more intrigue. And this was a very calculated move by Russell Westbrook and a very good job by Sam Presti. What do you think? Facebook.com slash Gunsinger, Twitter at John Ryan Ott. Next few days, I'll have another radio show because we're going to be talking about the Lions in the Minnesota Vikings in that recap on Sunday and hopefully I'll be able to get you to some more information on 
the NBA 2K18 reviews and what I think of NHL 18. So stick around next few days for Sports Day and the D again. This is going to be John Ott signing off for the September 29th show of 2017. Have a good night, everyone. Stay safe and talk to you soon.